Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNBR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we are talking about some recruiting stuff. Um, obviously, this is, I don't want to say like it's the off time for recruiting because the off season, this is when a bunch of it happens. But because we just had that second signing day last week, all of a sudden it's it's basically time just to look ahead to 2023. And I think that... You know, especially this time of year, while we're still, what, 50-ish days? Maybe not quite that much. Like 45 days from the start of spring ball. Might as well talk about what to watch for in this next recruiting cycle. Because the buffs are going to have some holes to fill. And I'm not sure that they're going to have another... Did that turn out to be like a 22-man class, 24-man class? Something like that. And I'm not sure that they're going to get that many freshmen again next year. But... You know, we are starting to see what this roster looks like and where the holes are going to be and, and what positions they really need to, to work on recruiting. Um, I, actually, I actually decided that I should look into this stuff and figure out what positions they really need to recruit um, when I was just kind of looking through everybody that, that Colorado is trying to offer, specifically these receivers. Um, we haven't talked about it too much on the podcast, um, but Phil McGagan, the new wide receivers coach, is really going after the top guys in this next recruiting class at receiver. Um, so I was just kind of looking through. And it's like, can why would they come to Colorado? I was like, well, well, how many open spots? How much competition is there? And, and we'll get to this wide receivers in particular um, in in a bit. But you know, it did make me think that they actually have a chance to land some of these guys. So, um, what we're going to do today, though, is just kind of rank the positions that the Buffs most need to be recruiting for next season, um, for this next recruiting cycle. Um, broke it down into 12 positions, pretty simple. And I guess before we, we jump in, here's here are some important notes. So, so as it stands today... The buffs are one scholarship over the limit. So you're allowed to have 85 players on scholarship at any given time. Right now, at least by, by my counting, Colorado has 86 players on scholarship. So, I mean, there's there's still potential for, I mean, honestly, like a bunch of movement over the course of, you know, spring ball and through the summer. Um, there's... 
I mean, in particular, you know, there's guys like Carson Lee who count there, and he obviously has the legal troubles that are going on behind the scenes. So who knows how that shakes out? Um, so still kind of have to feel out what exactly happens, but I would guess that there's three or four guys on this list who aren't here by fall. And if there's three or four that aren't there, that means there's another two or three that you can, uh, th- two or three scholarships to use on grad transfers right before the season or, or any sort of transfer now, I guess. Um, let's just jump in. We're going to do this the fun way. We're going to start at the bottom. Um, oh, and I guess the other thing I should say. So today we're, we're doing this. It should be a pretty quick podcast. Tomorrow we'll be talking about the Utah game. Just kind of getting up to speed with the buffs after. I mean, this is kind of like the bye week, right? Um, because you only have the one game instead of two. And, and I mean, for CU, they've had three in some weeks recently just because they have those makeup games. Um, so, so we'll catch up. We'll talk about this Utah game at some point tomorrow. I'm actually going back to Montana tomorrow for the first time since July, uh, which is kind of crazy. But, but I'm going back up to Montana tomorrow. Um, so I won't be in Boulder Saturday uh, for, for the game against Utah. Marissa will be up there instead. Also, I have a podcast after that game, but there's a there's a funeral up there that I've got to go to Saturday. And then I'll be back in time for the tailgate on Sunday. So uh, podcast on this stuff today, podcast on this basketball team and where they're at tomorrow. And then we'll do probably a post, post-game podcast Saturday night. Um, because I've got to catch a flight really early Sunday to get back in time for the tailgate, and I don't know when I'd have a chance to do it tomorrow. So probably, probably look for that Saturday night. Um, there we go. Now, now we can actually uh, talk about this stuff. We're gonna start at the bottom. These two will be nice and quick. The number twelve on the list of positions to recruit, punter. You, uh, you don't need a punter. A uh, number eleven is kicker, and it, to be honest, was kind of tight deciding which one goes where um it's not worth spending two scholarships on punters or on kickers you're going to have one scholarship kicker one scholarship punter and you know the reason i put it this way even though cole becker is proven to be a good kicker we know he has a big leg there are some accuracy issues at points um but he has one less year of eligibility than ashton logan who's coming into the program now and you, you, neither of these positions are probably getting recruited unless something crazy happens. Um, we put them this way just because you should have one more year with Ashton Logan. Um, worth noting that uh, so Ashton Logan, this is when he was supposed to to come in. There was some weird stuff happening with Josh Watts because he had the extra COVID year and that's not really how they plan. So he's moving on. Um, that's, we talked about this when it happened like a month ago, probably less than a month ago. CU was ready for, for that to happen and didn't really want to change that original plan. That's not a loss that you look at and say, how could you, how could you let this happen? Uh, so I think that we can probably move on. Yeah, Ashton Logan, Cole Becker. I mean, there's. I mean, Cole Becker came in like GoPro after next year. Unless there's a transfer, they're not touching those positions. Uh, number ten. This is where we can start to talk, and it's it's actually kind of tough to put these in order because they're all so different. I went cornerback as the tenth most important to recruit. Now I know that they had some big losses, but 
they aren't going to have any senior cornerbacks last year. And you look at, you know, Nigel Bethel, Jalen Stryker, the two juniors, those aren't guys who seem like they're going to be leaving early. You know, if you can just play one more year of college football, just play one more year of college football, you know, I, I, unless he was kind of pushing them out. But I don't think that would be the case because Colorado will have 13 seniors next year. So there's going to be at least those 13 scholarships opening up. Plus, you're always going to have five or 10 transfers. And so I don't think that they'd be pushing players in that direction, trying to nudge them. Um, and so you probably get this whole group this year and next year. Um, I think that, you know, there, there could have been some interest in like adding a grad transfer this year. And who knows, maybe there still is. But in terms of the 2023 cycle at that point, you know, Kalen Moore, Nico Reed, Tyron Taylor, if he's playing uh, corner instead of safety, those guys will all be going into their junior season. Who knows? Maybe one of them breaks out and decides to go pro early. Seems unlikely, though. You probably have those guys a year after that as well. Plus, you have four corners um, in this freshman class that came in right now. Um, so so just because you, you need to have so many defensive backs, they'll still add one or two probably. But in these last two classes, they've picked up six plus Tyron Taylor. So it's just, it's not a pressing need. You have some young guys at that position, though you always need to add one a year just to make sure you don't wind up with a gap. Um, number nine. We can hit number nine. This is another one that, that might be kind of surprising to hear, but I went quarterback here um, for a couple reasons. First of all, no senior quarterbacks. You have J.T. Shroud, who's a junior. Who knows? The big year, he could move on. But that's, you know, I, I made all these based on what we know right now. And right now, there's no reason to think that J.T. Shroud would leave after this season. Um, unless unless he's not the starter, of course. And if he's not the starter, then you still have Drew Carter and Brendan Lewis. They'll be sophomores this year, juniors next year. Um, Maddox Cop, Owen McCown, Oki Salvea. And so, you do have a bunch of depth at these positions. And, um, I mean, six scholarship quarterbacks. That's a that's a really solid number. Now, again, you always add one. And, actually, the Buffs already added their 2023 quarterback. I don't think they'll add another. But in terms of importance and in terms of needing to land good players who can contribute early and do those sorts of things, not not all that notable. Except for the fact that like it's quarterback, so it's the most important position. So there's always that part. But uh, yeah, we we filled them in at number nine here. Ryan Staub is the commit, by the way. Should probably say that Ryan Staub. Uh, he's from he's from Texas, I believe. No, uh, California. He's from California. Six one one ninety. Actually, I think maybe from the same. I don't think it's the same high school as J T. Shroud. But they do have some connection. They do know each other a little bit. Um, Staub also had an offer to Arizona. Um, that was the only other offer that's listed by 24-7 Sports, which you don't love. But it's the same thing where, like, Owen McCown. I, oh, let's see if I can pull up his offer sheet real quick um, because I think that's another one that, you know, it it doesn't look good. I don't think there's a bunch of offers. Yeah, Charlotte, Lamar, Louisiana, Ohio, um, UNLV, Vanderbilt. 
he would have had more offers if he didn't commit to the Buffs so soon. So he committed to CU really quickly, um, and and so other teams just didn't even bother to to dig in with him. Uh, do we have a date from Twenty Four Seven Sports here? Um, he committed in May last year. So again, that's go before his senior season by month. So I do think that's a factor there. Staub, I think we'll see something similar. Um, just no more offers probably coming in now that he's committed. But who knows? Um, we can move along here. Uh, number eight, the offensive line. Um, this is another weird one. Um, and I guess what I realized at this point is just that, you know, they can really add players in a lot of positions. Um, but in terms of the offensive line, again, no seniors. You know, Carl pointed out when we talked to him last week that the depth in the offensive line room is actually pretty good. You know, you have Jared Christian Lichtenhan, who's who's now a sophomore, Noah Fenske, uh, Jake Wiley is only a sophomore, Austin Johnson, and then some young guys too. You know, Travis Gray joins the program. Um, so you have depth. The question is whether you have five good players right now. Um, and right now Colorado doesn't have any seniors. So everybody has at least two years of eligibility left. The line that you see this year, there's a good chance that it's the same line that you're going to see next year. And for that reason, again, you you still got to add a couple in every class just because you can't have just massive gaps, obviously. Um, but in terms of the the importance, the the need right away, not not all that big, not all that big on the offensive line. Um, let's uh, we'll do one more and take a quick break. The number seven most important position in terms of recruiting next year. Um, terms of like quick contributions and trying to add talent quickly, all that sort of stuff. Tight end. Uh, and this is, this was a tough one to place. I, I consider putting it up higher, uh, but, but to me, this is a position where you're probably more likely to add a grad transfer. Um, or not, not more likely to add one, but, but it might make more sense once the time comes. Cause you look at right now, obviously this is Brady Russell's last season. And when he goes, you know, you've got some talented guys behind him. None of them have ever done anything. Ever. And what the, the once Brady's gone, you'll have a bunch of sophomores who, again, really talented, really exciting. Potential for them to be really good. Uh, but haven't done all that much. Uh, and that's why I think that if you add a grad transfer who, you know, could be a lower tier starting tight end in the Pac-12... Uh, and then you just hope that one of these guys is good enough to, to say like, oh, wow, this is a good tight end. We got to put him out here a bunch. Bump the the transfer down to the the number two tight end spot. Like that's probably a scenario that makes more sense than going in heavy on a bunch of freshmen. Because at that point, you're, you're just looking at a whole bunch of freshmen and sophomores the next year. And I don't know if that's ideal. Um, but just because... You do have that gap. I mean, right now Brady's the only scholarship tight end for next year. Is this is this right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure Brady will be the only scholarship tight end who isn't a freshman next year. A bunch of them are redshirt freshmen, but but still. Um, real quick, want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. 
Uh, I'm excited to uh, drink some Brackenridge beers tonight. Uh, going to the Avs game, they play they play Tampa, and again, like that's Tampa's won the last two Stanley Cups. The Avs should win like the next million Stanley Cups because they're so good. It's a great matchup, and it'll be even better because at Ball Arena you can get those 24 ounce good company hard seltzers. Probably get one before the game, one maybe like end of the first period, maybe end of the second period depends on like the timing. But but yeah, have a couple of those tonight. Again, they sell them there because Breckenridge is partnered with just about everybody, with the Nuggets, with the Avalanche, uh, with the Broncos, with the Buffs. So we like that. And what we like even more is that they're giving 1% of their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association. Again, what better group to support than the National Parks? Um, that's Breckenridge Brewery. We really appreciate them. And also want to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. You're running out of time to get in on an awesome deal. So for Super Bowl 56, DraftKings, first of all, is an official sportsway partner of Super Bowl 56. But you can get 56 to 1 odds on either team. All you have to do is bet $5 and you'll get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, then you can still experience Super Bowl 56 with uh, props, um, with same game parlays. Um, there's there's a bunch of different options that you guys probably know all about. A DraftKings is safe, it's secure, it's reliable, and you can withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and get 56 to 1 odds on either team to win the Super Bowl. All you have to do is bet $5. You'll get 250 or 280 in free bets if your team wins. It's promo code DMVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, uh, DraftKings pick of the week. Let's do that right now. Um, we've been making a lot of money on all of the German Lugers. Uh It's been incredible. We uh, Yesterday, one of my picks, I was back on the, the DMVR bet show. But yesterday, one was just parlaying Chloe Kim to win the snowboard half pipe with uh, the uh, German like relay lugers, and it wound up being like about even odds, and that hit easily because those are just total locks. Um, I've actually got a couple bets still going. Ooh, how about you know this isn't a good one. Because it's minus two fifty odds, um, but Eileen Goo to win the women's skiing half pipe, that's basically a lock. Um, but but let's find another. Let's find two things we like and combine them. Uh, so actually tonight, hopefully you guys get in on this in time. Uh, yeah, you got plenty of time. You got like seven hours at least. Um, but Ayumu Hiranu is an incredible snowboarder. He He's easily the best in the field. He's only plus 150 to win the men's half pipe, and it feels kind of lame to bet against Sean White. But you take that plus 150, combine it with Eileen Goo with the minus 250, that gets you to plus 250, and that's going to happen. So you can make a bunch of money, and you should definitely do that. Uh, so there's your DraftKings pick of the week. Okay, let's uh, let's finish this list off here. 
You got six more to go at number six. Oh, we should recap. 12th, punter. 11th, kicker. 10th, cornerback. 9th, quarterback. 8th, offensive line. 7th, tight end. 6th, defensive line. Again, this is a tough one, kind of like tight end, just because it might make more sense to go after a grad transfer here. And, you know, there, there are some good young players still. You know, Tyus Martin is exciting, and he's still around. Alan Baugh is exciting. But you have four seniors who are set to graduate, and that's out of how many are even on the roster? Four of your four of your ten scholarship defensive linemen are going to graduate. And that's Jeremiah Doss, that's Terrence Lang, that's Janaz Jordan, and that's Justin Jackson. So you'll still have Naeem Rodman around, you'll still have Jalen Sami around, but you know, those are the two proven quantities who will be allowed to stay and even they might decide it's time to move along because again that's not everybody who gets that COVID year is going to want it and who knows with a big year from either of them they could say I, I want to take a shot I want to see if I can sneak into the back end of the draft or, or start working as an undrafted free agent because teams don't like 23 year old rookies might as well get out now so because of that again might make more sense and they will add a grad transfer at defensive line next year unless something crazy happens. You know, if, if Tyus Martin winds up being a key piece as a redshirt freshman, or like Alan Baugh, the other guy we mentioned, you know, then who knows? Maybe, maybe that does change some things. Maybe you do feel good and feel like you have those two plus those two older guys do stick around, and then you have to figure out which of those four to send to the bench. But that's the best-case scenario. And as we sit here today, you've got a... You've got to add. And and they actually have added one already. Um, they've they've added Cam Beiser, who is from Houston, Texas, uh, offers to Houston, Cal, Kansas. Um, again, you're not you're not necessarily beating out like USC and Oregon for him, but should be a good player. Was twenty four seven sports actually hasn't rated him yet. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But you do have one. They're going to have to add a couple more. Um, and again, like like I said, you're probably looking to the portal no matter what. Um, number five. We're, we're getting up there. This is where, where you, you're starting to really say, yeah, we, we got to get some talent in here. Um, number five, safety. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, I think that... First of all, Isaiah Lewis is gone after next year, and he's he's been kind of that steady hand the last couple seasons. Now, you'll still have Trevor Woods, you'll still have Tyron Taylor, but, I mean, what we've seen from them so far is that they're pretty good, especially for being so young. They have steps to take before we say, yeah, we want those to be our two starting safeties. You still have guys like Torin Pittman, um, who who is around Jeremy Mack the the transfer he we'll we'll see what he is uh, but those guys are pretty unproven you have Dylan Dixon one of your top recruits this year uh, who will be a true freshman so you know you you have some young guys but that's kind of true across the rosters there's there's a lot of youth Out, outside of really that defensive line group there's isn't a whole lot yeah I think that that's probably fair um. So, again, 
safeties, you got to do something. I think it would probably make sense to add a, a transfer, a transfer who's ready to start, maybe somebody with one year remaining. And that, that might even happen this season. Wouldn't be the most surprising thing. So as it stands today, again, like there's guys who could pop, but as of right now, that's, that's a pretty big priority at safety. Uh, number four, we're going outside linebacker. And this is a spot where the Buffs have had a lot of depth. I think on paper, I mean, on paper, they have a lot of depth still. Uh, but when you look ahead to the 2023 season, yeah, you know, you, you lose Chance Main, who is the, uh, the the grad transfer. Yeah, he's grad transfer coming in. Um, who knows what role exactly he plays this year. Um, but you also lose Jamar Montgomery and Guy Thomas. So these last couple of years, it's been Jamar, it's been Guy, it's been Carson Wells, and then Josh Gustav too. And out of that group, you're only going to have Josh Gustav in 2023. Uh, you, you'll have Devin Grant as well. Uh, you'll have Alvin Williams. And, and these freshmen, I think, are pretty exciting with Owen Carey, with Shaquan Bowser. Um, and then that's, that's why this group isn't higher, even though there are some question marks about who's actually on the field. Uh, it's just because you, you just signed three outside linebackers. But, again, I still think that has to be pretty high priority uh, going into next year. Again, it might make sense just to add a, another, or yeah, probably grad transfer, senior next year, and just patch it and wait for some more of those young guys to go through and then just add one or two outside linebackers to the bottom. Um, but we'll see. Uh, three left, three left, and number three, inside linebacker. Um, this is one where, I mean, there's questions this year, right? You know, Quinn Perry is now your, kind of the guy. You know, he's he's the linebacker that you're kind of banking on it out there. And then you'll you'll see a lot of Robert Barnes. You'll probably see quite a bit of Jack Lamb. Maybe Marvin Ham gets in there, Mr. Williams. Um, but, you know, next year, when you don't have Quinn Perry, when you don't have Robert Barnes, and you say, well, who who is out there? Um, you know, you still have Jack Lamb and Mr. Williams and Marvin Ham, uh, but there's room for some youth. They, they added Aubrey Smith this year. Uh, they wanted to add Kenny Soares. He was one of their top recruits, but he wound up flipping his commitment right before. I think I think it might have been that on that first signing day. Uh, I, I'm, the coaching staff was pretty surprised that happened too. Uh, so they wanted to add an, another linebacker, another young linebacker. Because of that, you know, they probably wanted one next year, and now they have one more hole to fill, so they, they want two next year. If they wanted two, then they're up to three. So... That's another position where you you're going to have holes. You're going to have holes that you need to figure out. And who knows? Even with Robert Par Barnes and Quinn Perry this year, you no, know, we'll we'll see what you get. We'll see what you get. Um, number two, second most important need, running back. Uh, you know we we already have question marks. Um. Right now, it's looking like it's Alex Fontenot and Ramon Jefferson leading the way. You do have Deion Smith. You have Jaylee Stacks. Victor Venn's going to be a freshman. But that's not very many bodies in that room. And next year, you lose Ramon Jefferson and you lose Alex Fontenot. So in 2023, you're looking at Deion Smith, Jaylee Stacks, Victor Venn, and then Anthony Hankerson, who is gray-shirting this year, who's an exciting prospect, but you just need more there. And... Unless Dion really pops this season, or Victor Venn, too, that's possible, too. And who knows? Jay Lee is absolutely possible as well. 
you're probably looking at a grad transfer again next year to patch that hole. And I do think that these skill position grad transfers or, or just transfers in general, older transfers, they should be – you should have some good options. You should have some good options, especially if you can, you know, win five games next year or even get to a bowl game. Um, Yeah, still, though, it's they're, they're light in that room. Just got to keep filling in at the bottom and, and – See if you can uh, rebuild because that's they're light. They're really light right now. Number one, though, I'm going receiver. Ten scholarship receivers on the roster right now. Four of them are seniors. So you're going to be left with six. And again, it's not I mean, RJ Sneed is going to be a big loss. We, we haven't seen him play yet, so it doesn't really feel like it right now. But but after the season, you're saying, okay, well, no more RJ. Who's going to step up? It's going to feel different. Um, and outside of that, you know, you aren't necessarily losing the guys. I mean, you're losing Jalen Jackson, who hasn't been able to stay healthy, which, again, hopefully he's he's able to, to compete for that slot job this year and kind of change that narrative. Uh, Maurice Bell, who looked pretty good a couple years ago in limited action, but tore his ACL and missed this whole season. And then Daniel Arias, who stepped up this year, but has struggled um, in general. And so, again, you're not necessarily losing. Um, and and you're, you are kind of are losing your top options. It's just that it's R.J. Sneed and then everybody else competing behind him. Maybe you put Montana up at a, a number two spot. But losing those four, you're going to be left with Ty Robinson, Montana Monius Craig, and Chase Penry. Those guys in 2023 will all be juniors. This year, you have true freshmen uh, Chase Sowell, Grant Page, Jordan Tyson. So, again, when, when we're talking about Colorado going in and, and competing against everybody and recruiting and trying to get these top guys, you know, they have something like 13 of the top 25 receivers offered, something like that. Um, you know, they, they can offer playing time. And you just have to... If I was Phil McGagan, I would be thinking, try to get these kids to not commit until at least like halfway through the season. You know, these these early commits, the way that Colorado stands right now um, with the losses that they had and, and the way that offense struggled last year, it's tough to sell the receivers. If you can just turn that into a competent passing game, you know, make it close to the national average, even a little below the national average would be a huge upgrade, then I think that opens some doors. And so you're just hoping that these receivers don't write off Colorado immediately and say, oh, I'm going to go here until they at least see that the passing game is improved. So I do think that because, in my opinion, wide receiver is kind of the most pressing need in that 2023 class, I, th- I think that they have a chance to compete, and I think they have a chance to pull some pretty big names. So we'll see what happens, obviously, but but that's where I'm at as of now. Um, that's, that's all I've got for today. Uh, I'll be back talking about this basketball game tomorrow. I think that'll probably be pretty late tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, I've got to get to the airport kind of early, and I have a feeling once I get home, there's going to be more to do than work. So, uh yeah, like I said earlier, podcast preview in the game tomorrow night. Oh, and then a podcast after the game Saturday night, and then we'll get back to it Monday. And uh, who knows? Maybe there's some news to talk about. Oh, here's another thing. Derek White got traded today. Who did he get traded to? 
I was going to talk about this. Not that I have like any good, smart thoughts about it. Um, but let me just search again. Where did he get traded to? If you're listening to this, you probably already know. Uh, Derek White. Search. 820 tweets today. Would have guessed more. Uh, he's going to the Celtics. There we go. So that'll be fun. Celtics are a cool place. And, uh, oh, Spencer Dinwiddie got traded, too. Uh, where did he get traded? Uh, he was the Mavericks, right? He got traded for Porzingis. I'm going to double-check that since I just said it. But uh, a couple of trades. And and no no Alec Burks moves, but people thought that that was going to be a thing. Um, so, oh, wait. Oh. Yeah, oh, I did search Dinwiddie. That's right, not Alec Burks. Yeah, Dinwiddie did go uh, to the Mavericks in exchange for Porzingis. So there you go. Um, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow.